0: How do we start? I've forgotten. It's been so long. Two <laughs> weeks. You should introduce Rick. Go ahead, Chief, because oh, yeah. you guys broadcast together
1: all the time. <laughs> yeah. The, the oh, voice oh, oh, of the oh, fire. Oh. our voice of the, See, of the did lightning. You did it again yeah, after all again. these
0: freaking years.
1: The Lightning Audio Network presents Martini Mondays with Phil Esposito and Bobby the Chief Taylor. Have a seat. Grab a cocktail and enjoy the show. Here's Espo and Chief.
0: Well, welcome aboard. We have a special guest today. We have Rick Peckham, who probably has a hell of a lot of stories about guys that he worked with. Namely, I'm going to pester you about Jerry Cheever's stories. How long did you work in Hartford with him?
2: Nine years. I was there 11. And first two years with uh, Don Blackburn. Oh,
1: Blackie, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, You guys would remember him. Yeah. And uh, Cheesy after that, so.
0: And I remember, Rick, when Hartford (laughs) was going to go to Carolina and all that, I called Cheesy, I says, what's Rick doing? Because he had had left early, didn't he, before you?
2: Well, he had something going before I did. (laughs) Uh, He went back to the Bruins. That's right. And got into scouting.
0: That's right. And
2: stayed with them for for quite a while and did very well. In fact, I just recently played golf with Adam Creighton. Oh, no kidding. And turns out he and and Jerry traveled quite a bit together. And, you know, Adam learned a little bit about scouting from him and really had a lot of things to say about Cheesy as a scout. We've got stories related to that. We've got stories and a lot of aspects of – of Jerry Cheever's and, and others, so, but I uh, just wanted to bring that out anyway. Well, you know
0: what, uh, I remember calling him and then saying, do you know what Rick Peckham's doing? Because we needed, what's his name, uh, went to Anaheim. Oh, well, John, uh, John, Kelly, John, went uh, John Kelly went to Colorado. John Kelly went to Colorado? Yeah, what the Avs yeah, had right.
2: just, um, you know, the Nordiques just became the Avs that year. 95-96 right. season that's when he John came to left to he go there to we were both in the final five I guess for that job he got it and you know fortunately well, I uh, called you cheesy and he made says, some inquiries he says and I'm not
0: you know what I'm going to make your head a little bit big and then I'll bust it open later <laughs> <laughs> but honestly I said I got to get in touch with him and that's how I got your number and a whole bit from Jerry and And, boy, it worked out wonderfully. I still don't understand why you retired. Was it because of the traveling?
2: Yeah, mostly. The schedule just, uh, not to get off on a tangent here, I I, I understand that that happens from time to time on (laughs) Martini Mondays. It um, depends
1: how late in the show and how many of those clear uh, objects that we drink.
2: (laughs) But, uh, you know, with the bye week they've put into the schedule now, and I guess the players like it, but you know, bye week on top of the All Star break, which the Lightning, you know, recently had, it just sucks up all the off days. Yeah, and you're just constantly on the move, and you know, November becomes March before you even know it, and years were just flying by, and I was just like, wow, there. I mean, there's nothing more I'm going to be able to do. I don't. If the Lightning went to the finals, which they happened to do. Uh, you know, to start the great run in 2020, the last year I worked, I wasn't going to do the games, Yeah, you know, you're doing TV. So you're just going to be doing shows and as much fun as it is to broadcast, you know, with chief and Brian and you and everybody else, and then have the winning team uh, developing as it did. um, It's just, you know, we're going to be doing the same thing year after year. What am I missing? Kids are growing up, they're getting married, they're getting out of school. I just yeah. felt like I just had to start paying attention to the other aspects of things. And, well, that's cool. and you know, you put in 42 How years. How many? 42 total. Wow. So, um,
1: wow. you know, that's enough. And, yeah. it, and his handicap was getting too high. You have to get <laughs> his <laughs> handicap a lot. He oh, got man, a dollar Now he's watched yeah. you on well, the golf course, well you, know, well, you know what really bothers me more than anything is because every time you see him, he's got this big-ass smile on his face <laughs> <laughs> because he's retired from <laughs> golfing all the time. Like, can't you be grumpy one day? <laughs> <laughs> like, the two
0: games this weekend the Lightning played, Saturday and Sunday, or whatever it was, they had him on both on national TV. So what what happens? You guys, did you have to fly with the team because you had to go to Columbus and do that one game?
2: Well, I, I know this was the case with, uh, with Brian. I assume it was the same with Dave Randorf. But uh, Brian Engblom, I'd seen him the week before during the break, and he says, ah, I'm not going to Columbus till Friday. So he didn't go with the team for the Ranger game and the Islander game. He left on Friday, the off day. To get to Columbus, and of course playing the Blue Jackets on Saturday, and then uh, continued on to Boston from there. So, yeah. so when the schedule permits, you know they stay home when they can, and then you know travel when they they need to to stay with the team.
0: I know on the radio side when I was doing with Dave, doing the traveling too, you had to go and everything, and people say, "Why just the home games?" Well, that's why. After <laughs> traveling all those years, even though. Man, how'd you travel the first couple of years?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, commercial. Come on. Hey.
2: Commercial airline. Yeah. It was commercial. And as far as my experience with the Lightning in those days, oh, you were just transitioning from commercial to getting into charters. We were the
0: last, play, last team.
2: And I was still based in Connecticut my first year, uh, You know, having been with the Whalers before that. And we were in the process of moving our young family down. Our house was you know, for sale. There were only 15 home games on TV for the Lightning. So oh, it made it more big. sense for me to stay there. And I'd fly to meet you guys most of the time that first right. year. Yeah. And then we kind of were doing commercial the next year and then really got into the chart. Well,
0: what time. happened there was <clears throat> after the f- first year, and, when, and the second year, all of a sudden, They wanted to bring in the Panthers and uh, Anaheim, which was promised to us by 96 would be the next expansion.
2: Really?
0: But Gil Stein in his infinite wisdom and uh, the guy from Los Angeles, you know, with the black suits all the Uh, time, Bruce McNall. Bruce McNall. Bruce McNall. I mean, it was 50 million each. That's 100 million divided among the teams. And – I can't recall whether we were allowed to share in that. I can't recall. I, I remember. Don't think you our, were. I don't think we were well, either, because I, I remember arguing, oh, and I was wow. told to sit down and shut up by the committee, especially Gil Stein. And I said, "This is BS. I mean, this is real bull." <laughs> you promised us so we could have got a foothold on the market of and yeah. have all our games. On TV, that was my, because, you know, that's where it's at. Right, you get man. your games on TV, you get advertisers, people get to see you, they know what you're doing, and we got screwed, literally. We did. I mean, we got screwed in the expansion draft, too, at $50 million. They got a different, whole different wow. lineup to draft than oh. we did, and uh, just so many bad things. Mm-hmm. It's like last, uh, you guys watch the Super Bowl. Did I not hear Tony Rome say uh, say that um, that first touchdown they scored San Francisco should not have counted because there was a lineman downfield.
1: Mm. I missed that, yeah. I was at
2: a party and we Oh you didn't hear, didn't hear you hear the hear answer, it so I, I, I
0: it
1: was the right
0: call on the field. It was the right call on the field. They said it after? Yeah. Okay. I had just heard him say that and but it was like that was it. Yeah, and I'm wondering, well, why didn't somebody, you know, say Challenge. throw the flag or whatever? Yeah, what yeah. did they do? But I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, um, I don't know where the hell I'm going now. Where am I going now? Why <laughs> well, do I go to minute. the Super Bowl? to pass fuck? the puck over I to Chief? You. I, I got to yeah.
1: Chief. Here's a little backhand pass, <laughs> <to> Yeah. <you. laughs> funny thing about that i remember now when we were uh, we were in anaheim and of course they were called the mighty ducks then mm, yeah. right and i'm going mighty ducks and we introduced or we uh interviewed eisner michael eisner who oh, yeah, you know, from remember, Disney, Disney, yeah and they owned it like that and i said to him i said really you're gonna call your team the mighty ducks and he looked at me he said chief we'll make our 55 million on t-shirt sales alone just for his expansion yeah. fee and i'm going oh gee you know i don't mind that gee, that shot uh, named too badly anyway plus the movies he yeah yeah
2: he, the, he underestimated the yeah
1: <laughs> he oh, I know. He did. oh my gosh <laughs> and two more movies
0: came out after that so rick tell us something that happened when you were working with gg car i gotta know these. i gotta tell you
2: you know i've had so much fun the years with chief and you know that was like 19 years or yeah. something like that yeah. we've had a rollicking time oh i'm gonna get to him <laughs> yeah, I, well. and i could look back in my nine years with jerry and just say he he was a guy that were ever we traveled and you know We're talking about before I came to the Lightning, when you were just getting into charters. So it was all commercial. Well, the the Whalers did some chartering, but it was uh, some interesting charters. I mean, you (laughs) sat there with a bag in your lap and (laughs) shaking like, you know. The
1: pilot uh, wore a a hat with goggles and a silk scarf. (laughs) Yeah, really. Anybody
2: land this thing? But, uh, yeah, we had some rollicking times, and he was so much fun to be around and learn so much about the game uh, in those nine years. I just uh, you can't quantify it. But we got to do um, some extra games besides the Whalers. Sports Channel at that time was kind of the Bally Sports of the 80s because they had a Sports Channel New York, Sports Channel Chicago, Sports right. Channel Philadelphia, Sports Channel New England, uh, which uh, the Whalers and the Celtics were on. And so then they had this national entity called Sports Channel America, and they had the, you know, Stanley Cup final rights, all the playoffs, all that stuff. So we got to do some extra stuff, which was fun. One time we got to do a Montreal-Quebec playoff game. Wow. Oh. And you know, talk about a fierce rivalry. Oh. It was really something. So we're at Le Colise in Quebec City, <laughs> the old building there. And. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're waiting to go on the air. So we're, we're working with a national producer, kind of an unfamiliar crew. And he says, Alright, two minutes to air. So we're sitting there, got our earpieces in, we're in the on camera position. And Jerry starts singing. He's singing, <laughs> we're in the money. We're in the money. And then all of a sudden, in our earpieces, you hear the producer go, go, go. Like we're on.
1: Yeah.
2: And I don't know what happened. But we're on the air. So, you know, I try to collect myself live from the Coliseum Quebec City, you know, first round Stanley Cup playoffs, whatever. So we go through the game and I go home after and yeah, everybody had what was known as a VCR back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to tape games. I taped all the games so I could look back at them and stuff sure. like that. So. I get home from the plane. Hi, honey, how you doing? Run upstairs to the VCR and just rewind that thing. And I had to see if that made the, the oh, tape. And right. sure enough, press play and cameras panning across, you know, the ceiling of La Colisea and We're in the money. We're in the money. <laughs> and oh, my God, that was. <laughs> and Jerry's like. You know what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? (laughs) Nothing to do. do? Carefree. Another time we were in Buffalo at the uh, Memorial Auditorium, which, from a broadcast standpoint, you know you could referee the game from that basket that we were in that hung off the down low. low. Oh oh, yeah, yeah. it was great. And something happened. I forget if it was uh, Doug Bodger, whoever it was, Dave Andrichuk, I'm sure was on the Sabers at the time, and. So the play stops, and people start looking around on the ice, and it was the result of a collision. A guy's stick came up and hit like Benoit Hogan in the nose or something like that. And so he's a little stunned, but everybody's looking on the ice, and like, well, hard to tell what they're doing. And, and Jerry says, I think he lost a piece of his nose. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, well, uh, we'll have to kind of wait this out, Jerry, and see what happens. I'm sure it was a contact language. But, but you know, there were, to oh this day, God. you know, you work nine years with somebody and you kind of take on some of the aspects of how they speak. Jerry had a problem with one word in the English, English language, as I can't even say English, but, and it was confusion. It always came out confusement. <laughs> confusement? Now there's a little confusement out there with Bill Friday and you know I don't know what they're calling here, but and to this day, whenever I have to use the word confusion, my first instinct is it's to confusing. say confusement. <laughs> and this goes through years of broadcast oh, yeah. well, wait till i see him the there's next a lot time. of confused i mean confusion going on <laughs> down there on the bench there chief and oh my god <laughs> it's just it's things like that that we just had so much fun with and could laugh about later and and uh one more jerry story that comes to mind uh, we're at the boston Garden, and actually kind of sparks another one it, Um, At the time, we worked together doing Whaler games, and of course, Jerry had just been the coach of the Bruins, had been relieved of his duties, and that freed him up. Ron Ryan, a good friend of ours, uh, was running Sports Channel New England, actually started Sports Channel Florida. Yes, he did. He got the foothold down here. Um, He was the boss in New England, knew Jerry very well. They played at the same golf club, whatever, so he hires Jerry. Um, It would be my third year, I guess. So we're at the Boston Garden. Whenever the Whalers and Bruins played, there was was, – Bruins just, you know, they didn't pay any attention. There's no rivalry here. You're the Whalers, you know. mostly
0: (laughs) Bruins fans, probably.
2: In a lot of cases. And, of course, for the Whaler fans, they they wanted a piece of the Bruins. Well, you really should have sold tickets to sit in the press room before those games because (laughs) – uh, number one, Tom Johnson would be playing cards. That's Chief Johnny Busick would be the playing play. cards. And, and for someone like me who, you know, I grew up, when I first started getting interested in hockey, I fell in love with the Bruins when you guys won in 1970. Yeah. And so being around these guys and, and so forth was a blast. But you get Derek Sanderson was doing color <laughs> for Nesson in the, the Bruin Freddie broadcast. Cusack was
0: a- play by play guy, right?
2: Yep, yeah. Freddie Cusick was doing play by play and Derek was a homer to say oh, the least, big right? Time. And he and Jerry would get into it. And, ah, Jerry you your Whalers, they want a couple, you know, and uh looks like they're they're on the up, you know, they're on the upswing. Well, good luck to you guys. And just kind of looking down his nose at the Whalers and Jerry be like, "Who are you talking about, Derek? Your team's a bunch of midgets," you know, and they'd be going back <laughs> and forth. And, <laughs> And they did have Randy Burridge and all these smaller yeah. players. You know, he'd be picking on them, and they'd be going back and forth. And Yeah, sure, yeah. And it was always hilarious to see that. But just one other time in the Garden. Um, and, Phil, you would have spent time in the press box up there, right? In, or,
0: in Madison Square Garden? No, no, in uh, Boston, Boston Garden. Boston Garden, yes.
2: Okay. How tight it was? Yes. I mean, you barely could slip behind somebody sitting at a chair at the press row. And so we'd have to do our our intermissions from the press box up there, which meant in those days, you know, you, you had a, an interview.
0: You stood up. Yeah. Yeah, stood up.
2: And you barely fit the camera. Exactly. And you and the guest would be crammed in there. And if yep. you were on the outside, you're actually, like, concerned Almost about going. falling exactly. over. Exactly. So... I forget who I was interviewing but Jerry was off camera and you know he was supposedly he had pushed the cigarettes away wasn't smoking anymore
1: <laughs> and
2: he hadn't told his wife Betty and Betty God love your soul and she passed away a few years ago but she was a great she's watching voice. oh yeah great what a lady and yeah. so she's watching the game and Jerry's off camera and he's got a dart going and the smoke comes wafting into the camera, you know, and and so I think it was interviewing Tom Johnson, as a matter of fact, and and the smoke comes across, and and, uh, when he gets home, of course, no cell phones, it wasn't like she could immediately text him or something, I see him the next game, and he's like, well, Betty caught me, I'm like, what do you mean? He says, remember we were doing that interview with Tom Johnson, uh, trying to smoke a cigarette there, and Betty thought I'd quit smoking. She, as soon as I got home, she's like, you're smoking again, aren't
1: you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> she knew the drill. She knew he was just off camera. Oh, yes, so, was... I mean, just stuff like that. It was a lot of fun to be.
0: I, um, I did the game in Boston on a national when Klimas scored in second overtime.
2: Oh, of, like 89 or something uh, or 88? I, I
0: forget what year it
2: was. For Edmonton, right?
0: Yes. He yeah. hadn't played the whole game. Right, I remember yeah. It and up, I remember, yeah, it was yeah. hot in that because there was no air conditioning in the garden, uh, and it was so hot up there. And of course, look, I, I was I was pulling for the Bruins. I was, I you know, I played there all those years and whatever. And we got to the second overtime, and it was so hot. I said, you know what? I don't care who scores. I hope somebody scores because I can't stand this heat anymore. They've got to do something about the heat in this place. And I didn't rec- realize that, but they reminded me that when we won the cup on May 19th in 70, it was like 90 degrees outside. Wow. But when you're on the ice playing... yeah. You're you're sweating anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you you don't notice it as much, but you don't notice the haze of the smoke <laughs> that was just <laughs> above the rink. You know, just, if you were tall like me, you got to smoke. If you were short, you didn't get to smoke. <laughs> I mean, when I think about things like that, of what, how the game has evolved. Oh. And I think it's evolved for the better. There's no doubt about that, because of the way the players are getting taken care of, the way the broadcasters are getting taken care of and everybody else. But sometimes I, want to, I long for the days when the game, actual game, is played like then, yes. yeah. mm-hmm. not now. Because I'm one of these guys that think, they don't train for the marathon anymore. They train for the sprint, so you go out there 35, 40 f- seconds as hard as you can go. You never stop, go, 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 go. Well, where well, we didn't do that, we we knew when to go and when not to go. So you can play a minute and a half or yeah. something, mm-hmm. you know. Especially with faceoffs, if your heart, if you're in good condition, heart with your heart, you bring it down pretty close to in. 15, 30 seconds, you can bring it down back to almost normal beat. And I I say that all the time to people. Why do they train for the sprint? Because the game is no longer the holding, the touching, the grabbing a little bit of interference. It's all about speed, speed, speed. And if if they wanted to do that, this game, I should be 250 feet by 125 feet wide. Somebody, somebody's gonna get really, really hurt bad. I mean real bad. Sooner or later. And uh, uh, it's sad. I don't wanna see it. Me, personally, I don't wanna see it. But it's inevitable in my mind that something's gonna happen. There's too many
1: guys just don't stop. It's kind of a... Well, and they don't teach them the right way either, though. No, they don't, They don't, go Chief. directly in on the puck, and Austin knows this, because I yell at the TV they all the time the when we're doing the game, instead of going in sideways, where you've got that peripheral vision. You can see who's coming in on you, but they go dead in. Because when these kids were growing up, up until you're 10 years old, they got a big stop sign on the back of their right. jersey, because you forgot. can't hit them. You can't even touch a guy until you're in 13 or 14. But now, so now nobody knows how to protect themselves. they come draining into the boards. Some guys are really getting smashed. Thank you for listening to Martini Mondays with Phil Esposito and Bobby the Chief Taylor. New episodes drop every Monday in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to tip your waitress and leave us a five-star review.